Uh, in John chapter 8, look at verse number 36, if you will. And a uh, very simple passage in the midst of, of uh, a discussion going on with the Pharisees. Um, Jesus is kind of, actually, let's go to verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And so they respond a lot like you and I would probably respond. What do you mean, set us free? We've never been slaves to anybody. Um, the Jews said, we're Abraham's offspring. We're, we're not slaves. And in our society, we're probably not been slaves to anyone other than maybe the credit card company, the mortgage company, uh, the electric company, the gas company, all those things. But we've been pretty much set free. But Jesus comes along and he tells them, listen, if you would listen to my word and obey me and follow me, I will reveal the truth to you and it will set you free. And, and they don't quite understand that. They're actually a little offended at it. Jesus in verse 34, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. And the same could be said for us today, that we become slaves to our sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And that's what I want to speak to you about this morning is that last verse there. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I took the girls the other day. Uh, John D. has a beautiful young horse. Uh, I don't know how old it is, a few months old now, and it is just beautiful. And so the girls have been uh, going out there and looking at that thing. I think Kayla's um, actually thinking, to, John's talking to going to a horse auction and trying to bid on a horse. I said, where are we going to put it? But he's got this beautiful horse out there, and so I sat around and watched them and and uh, for some reason in my head, John and I talked about westerns. And in my head last night, that song came in, Don't Fence Me In. Do you remember that song? I think it was Roy Rogers, Don't Fence Me In. And I thought about that freedom, that freedom. And how many of us have ever just craved that kind of freedom? That we're not necessarily in, behind bars, right? We're all here today. Maybe some of us have been behind bars before. But uh, Cheryl laughed. I'm, I'm guessing Cheryl spent a little time... Cheryl probably spent some time up the river, you know. But uh, we've never been behind bars before. We've never really been prisoners of war or anything like that. But how many of us realize there are times when we feel trapped? There are times when we feel in bondage. And it may be sin. Sin can do that to us. Sin can get a hold of our lives. And, and uh, we thought that we could do this because we chose to do this and all of a sudden it takes over and it begins to control us and sin will do that. But it also could be any number of things that just take over. And have you ever longed just to be free? We're in a Baptist church today, right? We're free will Baptists and sometimes we forget the Baptists, but have you ever in a worship service felt like clapping and, and you didn't because you're worried about someone else saying something to you? Or maybe you thought about shouting hallelujah or amen or praise the Lord or, or sickum preacher or something like that. And, and you said, man, if I do that, they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to kick me out and I'm going to have to go down the street and find another church. But is, isn't that a form of bondage in a sense? That we come in and, and the spirit moves and we just we want to shout and jump. And man, if you ever feel that way, just look at Sister Joyce. She just has a good old time. She don't care what anybody thinks. That's, that's this freedom maybe that we crave, this, this sense of it doesn't matter, or, or maybe we wanted to sing and, and we're worried about, well, I don't sing good enough. 
Man, just sing. Sing at the top of your lungs and sing like you're in. The, just imagine you're in the shower this morning. The rest of us won't, but you imagine you're in the shower this morning and you want to sing. Just sing it out like no one else is around. Amen. If you just let go and let God do something in your life. But he talks about this freedom that we have in Christ. I just lost my glasses. I don't know where I put them. There they are. You know you're blind when you put your glasses down and can't see them. They're right there. But just this freedom that we have. And, and I begin to think about some of the things that, that tie us up, some of the things that keep us in bondage. And I believe Christ wants to set us free from these things. And, and these are just, they're not right in this text, but they're, they're still things that put us in bondage. And the first one I want to share with you this morning is fear. How many of us have ever felt in bondage by fear? Maybe we're afraid of, of the future. You know, what's, what's tomorrow hold? Or maybe we're afraid of, of a test that's coming up if you're in school. Or maybe you're afraid of, of, of your work situation. Maybe the economy has you fearful of, of tomorrow. How am I going to be able to make ends meet? Or maybe you're afraid of a relationship that you're involved in and you just don't know if things are going to work. Or whatever it is, but this fear comes in. Maybe it's a fear of health. I mean, there are people, aren't there, that, that are always online looking up symptoms of diseases and thinking, I, I know I've got something. It, it's just, I, I got this little hack in my throat. I, I know it's, it's something. L- lately, the country's been in fear over Ebola virus, uh, virus, haven't we? None of us have ever been to Africa. None of us have been near anyone in Africa here in Farmersville. And yet we're scared to death we're going to get Ebola. We're just always fearful. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul speaks, to young, or Paul speaks to young Timothy, and he says this, he says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And yet, many times we're in bondage to fear, aren't we? We're afraid of stepping out and doing something for God. We're afraid of failure because if we fail, then everybody's going to see. And, you know, I think maybe we just sometimes need to step out and risk failure in order to achieve greatness. That if we allow this fear to, to paralyze us, we're in trouble. And that's not what God intended for us. What are you afraid of this morning? What is it that that keeps you awake at night? And isn't it time that we go to a Savior, to our God that has said, I've come to set you free and said, God, these are the things that I'm afraid of. Isn't it time that we just get real honest with God? He already knows what's in our hearts, but isn't it time maybe that we just bow a knee and say, God, I am so afraid of this. And just be honest with Him and say, God, give me the courage Give me the faith to trust you that everything is going to work out for your glory and for your honor. How many of us are captivated by fear? And it doesn't need to be that way. We need to be free. A second thing that keeps us in bondage is hurt. Have you ever been hurt? Let me give you a little experiment. Breathe in real deep right now and breathe out. And if you just took a breath, you've been experienced, you've experienced hurt because you're alive. And the very fact that you're alive and you're moving about in a world filled with people means you're going to be hurt because people hurt people, don't they? Our friends hurt us and, and our neighbors hurt us and other church members can hurt us and our, our family can hurt us and our employers can hurt. We can be hurt by anybody, really. I think the only person I know, and it's really not a person to some people, that hasn't hurt me is my dog. 
She's just always there. She loves me no matter what. She does whatever I want to do. She does never hurt me. Never once have I walked in and she looked and said, you're looking kind of chubby there, preacher. No, she, her tail just wags, her tongue hangs out like she's in love with me, no matter I mean, she doesn't, but people hurt people. If you're here this morning, I guarantee you, you've been hurt somewhere along the line. I run into it all the time and trying to, trying to invite folks to church, and you probably do too, and, and you invite them and say, come to our church, and they say, no, 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 I, I've been in church before. And the reason many times folks don't go to church is because they've been hurt at church before. And what are they doing? They're living in bondage to hurt, aren't they? They're allowing it to control their lives. They're allowing it to keep them from places that deep in their soul they need to be and want to be, but they're afraid to be hurt. Maybe it 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 wrapped you up in bondage so much that you you can't even have close relationships anymore. You're afraid to, to get close to anybody because you're afraid to be hurt. You're afraid to, to, to open your heart up because you're afraid you'll be hurt. Whatever it is that has hurt you, God said, I have come to set you free. I've come to take that away. I want you to look at Jeremiah chapter four, 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. And listen to verse 14. Jeremiah seven seventeen verse 14. He says this, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. He goes on and he says, Behold, they say to me, Where is the word of the Lord? Let it come. I have not run away from being your shepherd, nor have I desired the day of sickness. You know what came out of my lips. It was before your face. Be not a terror to me. You are my refuge in the day of disaster. Let those be put to shame who persecute me. But let me not be put to shame. Let them be dismayed, but let me not be dismayed. Bring upon them the day of disaster. Destroy them with double destruction. And Jeremiah is many times known as the weeping prophet, and here he is, and Jeremiah is hurting because he has proclaimed the Word of God, and it doesn't seem to have come to pass. And so his enemies are looking at him saying, you've preached God's Word, but how come it's not happening? And he's in this predicament, and he makes this statement in verse 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. You look at that in some other translations, and it it is a beautiful passage of Scripture. In fact, Eugene Peterson in the message says, God, here's my broken pieces that I'm bringing to you. And think about that. He says, heal me. You know, sometimes our greatest prayer to God isn't necessarily for wealth, but for health. It's not God, you know, give me this and and I'll be happy. Give me that and I'll be happy. Sometimes the greatest thing we need from God is just healing from our brokenness and from our hurt. And he says, heal me, God. And he says this, if you heal me, I will be healed. Amen? How many of you have ever tried to heal a broken heart with a seized candy? I mean, it's good, no doubt. But do we understand our hearts still broken afterwards? But he says, God, if you heal me, I'm really healed. If you save me, God, I'm truly saved. 
And we live in a world filled with so many things that claim to make us feel better, that claim to deliver us, that claim to set us free. And what Jeremiah is saying, God, you're the only one that can do these things for me. And this prayer, although it's a cry out to God from a hurting heart, is a cry of faith, isn't it? God, I believe you can heal me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be crying out to you. And then he says, my, your praise is going to be on my lips. How many of us have ever found ourselves in bondage to hurt? Isn't it time we just go to our Savior who said, if I set you free, you're free indeed. And let go of that hurt. Let go of that and say, God, I don't know why it happened. I, I didn't enjoy that it happened. But God, this morning I love you and I'm calling on you to set me free and heal my broken heart. Some of us find ourselves in bondage to failures, don't we? We find ourselves in bondage to failure. Do you ever have a problem living in the past? You ever have a problem thinking about all the what ifs and I should have done that or I should have done this or if I had it to do all over again and, and we constantly beat ourselves up over our past failures. I wish I had never done this or, you know, isn't time we allowed God to set us free from that too? That that'll, that'll take over our lives and we say, man, I messed up big. And we let that thing go with us forever. And every time we're in church, we think about our failures and our mistakes. And all the while, God has said, I've forgiven those things. The Psalms describes him as said, it says, casting our sins as far as the east is from the west. He tells us in the New Testament that, that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He tells us that he will call to remembrance our sins no more. It's over with God. It's done with God. It's passed with God. It's under the blood of Christ. And it's you and I that remain in bondage to it because we just simply won't let go of it. And we walk around beating ourselves up and thinking that we're less than we are because of our past failures. And we need to begin to look at ourselves the way God looks at us and say, I'm a child of God. I'm forgiven. I'm set free, if you will. Psalms 103, listen to the psalmist in verse 8. He says this, The Lord is merciful and gracious. Aren't you glad that He is? He's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Boy, those are great. God is slow to anger. He's not hot-tempered. He's not quick-tempered. He is so patient with us. He's abounding in his steadfast love. Verse 9, He will not always chide nor keep his anger forever. God is not going to be there and every time we turn around, say, hey, you did this. Once he's forgiven us, it's done. It's over. This morning, in fact, whatever your failures of the past are, if you're being reminded of them every single day, I promise you it's not God reminding you of them. It's Satan reminding you of them trying to drag you back into bondage. Verse 10, He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love towards those who fear Him. Verse 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. 
This morning, God does not want us to be in bondage to our past failures. He has set us free from those things. He has delivered us from those things. And He will not bring them to record against us. Some of us are in bondage to guilt, aren't we? Guilt. We, we eat ourselves up with guilt. And there certainly is a, a, a guilt that we carry. And there's conviction that the Holy Spirit brings. When the Holy Spirit convicts, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Once it goes from that point on, it becomes guilt. And that's something God doesn't want us to be in bondage to either. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, he says this, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That judgment and that guilt is gone when we place ourselves in Christ Jesus. And the only reason we ever feel that again is if we step out of line and we begin walking according to our flesh rather than walking in the Spirit. God does not want us to be ate up with guilt. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And some of us are in bondage to maybe just insecurity about the future. We're always worrying about tomorrow. Well, what if this happens? Or what if that happens? And we just stress over that. One man, after hearing his pastor preach a message on worry, the pastor told him over and over and over how bad worry is and how bad stress is for you and, and it doesn't do any good and just trust God. And the man went out of the church and he shook his preacher's hand and he says, Preacher, i got news for you. Worrying works. Preacher said, oh, and he says, yeah, because 99% of the things I worry about don't happen. (laughs) And you know what? That's probably the reality in most of our lives. We worry about tomorrow so much that it keeps us in bondage today. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. You've heard the verse so many times. But the Lord says, I know the plans that I have for you. Amen? And he says, they're plans for good. I've got a good plan for you. I'm going to prosper. I'm going to advance you. God has some big plans for us in the future. Let's stop worrying and stressing about that and just start trusting God and living free today. I could probably go on and on down a list about things that we're in bondage to. And maybe this morning you're here and you know in your soul something has a hold of you. And the preacher didn't mention it, but the Holy Spirit maybe has whispered it in your ear and said, you're not really free either. There's some things you need to be set free from. And it really doesn't matter what it is that we're in bondage to. Christ sets us free, doesn't he? Christ sets us free. He said, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It's amazing that Christ spoke those words And yet today, sometimes in church, we're some of the people most most in bondage because we refuse to let go and enjoy this freedom that we have in Christ. Where are you at today? Dear Lord, 